What would you say a disciple is? A friend? A follower? A believer? What would you say worship is? Is it just singing? Is it any outward expression of faith? Do you think this is different than devotion? I think often when I think about any of these common Christian words and phrases around raising our children in a godly home, it has the potential to evoke worry. The next couple of weeks, we're going to really focus on what it means to make disciples. What does it mean to make our children disciples? And I can hear your thoughts right now. Am I doing it right? Am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? There's a lot of anxiety and doubt that can creep in. Family devotion or family worship are phrases that have a lot of baggage attached to them for many Christians. But I want to start today by opening a scripture that is very encouraging when you think about your family. Everyone turn to Matthew 28. And if you don't have a Bible, you can just listen as I read. This is the Great Commission. Jesus has been resurrected and he's talking to his followers Before he leaves. And it reads, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. First and foremost, we can summarize these verses in 19 and 20 by the three commands that Jesus gives us. Make disciples of all nations, meaning share your faith and call others to faith. Baptize them in my name, or baptize them into trusting faith, and third, teach them to have active faith. Teach them how to practice this faith. But let's look for a minute, not at the commands, but what precedes and follows these commands. What is the first thing Jesus says to them in verse 18? All authority is mine. He identifies all parts of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, He is identifying himself as God, and he is reassuring the disciples that discipleship happens only by God's power alone. After his command, what does he say in verse 20? I am with you to the end of the age. The word I am here is Emmanuel. So he again is not just talking about himself, Jesus, He's talking about the ever-present and presentness of God. You are never doing this alone. So when you feel overwhelmed by the discipleship of your children, what should you do? Pray. One of the most challenging commands in Scripture is bookended by the encouragement of God's authority and the promise of God's presence. In fact, It's what I want to stop and do right now. I'm going to pray for us as we approach the next couple of weeks of discipleship and what that means in our families. God, we need you to be present with us. 
We need to seek your wisdom, that we need to ask you good questions, we need to search your word, and we need to rely on your presence and authority. God, please help us to be a church that does these things and encourages others to do these things, that we would mutually disciple each other as parents and come to know you more as our perfect Heavenly Father. Amen. So three quick thoughts I'm going to give you um, in practicality around this topic. And know that next week we're going to dive into some more specific applications of family discipleship. Specifically, next week we're going to talk about baptism. So first, to know where your kids are, you have to know where you are. Like everything in the Christian life, you can't give what you don't have. And this is meant to be a process of wisdom, of godly consideration and leading. Secondly, let's look together at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. If you don't have a Bible, you can just listen as I read. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. God is instructing Israel how to be his people. And he specifically addresses parents. This is one of the few scriptures that actually specifically addresses parents. So if we listen to that description again, God's word should be taught to our children when we're at home, when we travel around, when we lie down, and when you arise. So think about it really practically in your day. When you wake up, when you're at home, when you're not at home, and when you're lying down. What part of the day is he describing? All of them. This just means that when you think about God, it should be a regular part of your day to convey those thoughts to your kids and invite them into your faith as it works itself out in a minute-by-minute basis. If you read verse 5 again, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. If you are focusing your heart, soul, mind, and strength on God, naturally our children will see us practicing our faith and experience our worldview of God's character and presence. Lastly, we need to help them develop a worldview where they trust and rely on God. Only the Holy Spirit can flip the switch, but we can decorate our child's heart and mind with treasures as we make spiritual deposits that the Holy Spirit will use later. The what we do with our kids should not be prescriptive. It takes wisdom to know what are my children drawn to and what my child needs in this season. So I encourage you this week to prayerfully consider what God wants you to spend your time on. Does your child need the stories of faith? to understand how God works in the world and how the Bible tells us that story? Does your child need wisdom to guide their behavior and their decision-making? 
Does your child need to see modeled spiritual disciplines and a faith trusting in God? Or does your child need to practice these disciplines with you? Only God can guide and lead us in a way that's going to specifically turn our children's attention to him.